A reading from Ecclesiastes. Again, I saw vanity under the sun, one person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil, and his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This is also vanity and an unhappy business. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fail, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. The word of the Lord. Our New Testament reading is from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I abide in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you 
unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Have a seat. Good morning, everybody. So you uh, probably know that we're in a series uh, uh, covering our church values. It's my privilege to pick, take the baton and be next. I'm wondering if uh, it was any coincidence that I was asked to uh, speak on fostering connections since it's in my job title. I don't know how long you thought about it. But this morning, I'm going to talk about the value of fostering connection, reading from our website. To grow fully into the calling that God has placed on our individual lives, we strive to selflessly give to and humbly receive from one another and our neighbors. One of the most important things to note about our va the values in general is how idealistic they are. They do two things. They recognize what matters to us, and they provide us with a reminder or a target when we're confused or have lost our way. So as I talk in very idealistic terms about this value, it's vital to remember that we are a work in progress. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this group of people. Thank you for this nice, warm building. Thank you for the ways that you give us to connect to each other and to connect to you. And I pray that as we think about this this morning, that we can... Put it in your story, and meditate on it, and take comfort in you. Amen. We are in a world starved for connection. Last month, I celebrated 21 years of service as an employee at Trader Joe's. Quick show of hands, who, who likes Trader Joe's? Anybody? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. So now I'm gonna have some congregational participation. Besides the food, what do you like about it? Just a couple people. Anybody? Speak up. People are nice. People are nice. Small. Kindness. It's small. Good. The parking lot. The parking lot. Not a popular answer. <laughs> so much shopping has gone online, right? Self-checkouts are the rage. We haven't done that since human connection is part of what we are selling. Sorry, we are trying to sell things. This, of course, is something of a trial for introverts. You can find gifts and reels devoted to people who have to suffer through shopping at Trader Joe's just so they can get their food. But we strive to be a place at, at, at Trader Joe's where people come in and feel a human connection. And people do feel connected to the place. I just saw it in front of me. Do a Google search. People are crazy about this place. When we opened St. Louis Park, there were people kissing the floor when they came in. 
It's not an, an, an act of random chance. We've cultivated it. We like to talk about the external and internal customer experience. The external is obvious. The shelves are full. There's signs. It looks nice. But while I was preparing this sermon, I thought also about what we call the internal experience. This is where we're, we're cultivating how people feel when they're in the store. Do they, do they care that I'm shopping here? Does it matter to them that I feel safe in the parking lot? Do they trust me? Do I feel connected here? Connection to our fellow humans is really important. So we can bring that wisdom to what kind of environment we value in this church community. What are we striving for? What do we value? We come to church to hear the word and take the sacrament and see others, but the internal connection we have matters too. And we want as a community to build that kind of value in fostering connection. I want to talk about how we are striving to live out this value through interpersonal human connection. But I also want to discuss how we cannot fully connect to each other without being in connection with the living God. There are, of course, endless ways in the scriptures that we see this. But this morning, I want to focus on the three that are reflected in the three readings we just heard. Our Ecclesiastes reading shows the need we have for basic human connection. Our reading from 1 Corinthians shows how much we need functional human connection. And our gospel reading reminds us of our connection to God. So, basic human connection. This reading from Ecclesiastes is one of the most earthy and comforting passages in the entire Bible. And it feels like a warm campfire. It speaks to the human need that all of us have. And it's so simple. Two are better than one. All of us get lonely. We need basic human connection. And we have so many ways we try to make this happen. TV theme songs are full of such sentiments. As long as we've got each other, you want to go where everybody knows your name, I will be here for you. Now, I'm dating myself since TV theme songs aren't really a thing anymore. But this week, I saw an ad. It was for uh, an, a certain adult beverage, and the ad started with one man at a bar having a drink poured for him, and he starts singing the Neil Diamond song, Sweet Caroline. He sings, and then a woman close to him in the bar begins to sing with him. Everyone begins to join in, and the ad maker clearly picked a diverse crowd. There were all colors, all types of people, a blind person. Then a woman enters the bar, sort of with a you know, nondescript face, sort of just looking kind of stoic. And she looks into the bar, and her face lights up as she sees this scene of an entire bar of people singing Sweet Caroline. The screen fades, and it leaves this message. People are good for you. Of course, we have all been hurt by other people, right? We still know, though, that we need basic human connection. The pain we feel in that hurt is because we need the connection. And these days, we've crafted social media and many ways to connect to others. We are spiritual beings. So being able to write and share pictures and thoughts online helps fill a need we have. Having the ability to pick up a phone or, a or, a, or log on to a computer and talk to somebody across the world 
is a huge advantage. Any of us who have had to spend long periods of time away from family or close fr- or friends know this. But if we are honest, we can all recount times where the limits of this method of communication become very clear. People are more likely to be crueler and sensitive when all they see is a screen. Not being in the same room with the person you're talking to presents huge limitations. We can't see their body language or their posture. My intention here is not to bash online connection, but, and social media is that re- reflection of a truth of general revelation. We need each other spiritually. But the need we have for physical connection is something that we see, of course, in general revelation, like those TV theme songs I just talked about. But this desire is a truth also reflected in the scriptures, in special revelation, and it's shown here in Ecclesiastes. The preacher, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the living God, says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Our physical presence leads to human connection, and our liturgy and rituals reflect that. We welcome children to the front. We bury our dead. We celebrate weddings. We shake the snow off our feet and step into a warm sanctuary in the cold winter. We involve ourselves in our community. Come in a couple days at Halloween and see. These are simple ways we show our humanity. Why does the boiler take up space in our budget? <laughs> We're remembering Ecclesiastes. How can one keep warm alone, especially in Minnesota? The beautiful poetic reality of this reading reminds us that we need this connection. We want to be a community that provides that. We strive for that. But with that in mind, what is it that takes us beyond that? The lots of places have heaters, right? There are lots of places people can come together, whether it's a grocery store, a bowling alley, restaurant, ballpark. People can find this lots of places. So our value of connection goes beyond that. We see this in the way that we strive for functional human connection. I realize this might seem a little self-serving because I coordinate volunteers. No pressure, right? But there are so many passages in the scripture that speak of the functional need we have for each other. We could talk about the Levites in the Hebrew nation, how they had a special role to play in worship. We could talk about how the other tribes in Israel had a role in caring for the Levites so that they could perform the worship that God had commanded. We could go to 1 Peter chapter 2 and how he talks about the church being living stones built into a house. Each stone has a function that matters to the whole building. But our connection to each other is brought out with so much care and humor in our reading from 1 Corinthians 12. In looking at this passage, one of the great things about it is how clear it is. This isn't one of those meandering Pauline paragraphs where at the end of it you're kind of like, huh? It's not like that. It's very clear. We might have trouble living it out, 
But the clarity is great. There's no paragraph-long sentence. Instead, the message is concise. We are all parts of a body. We all have a job to do. Let's do our job. The connection we have to each other in this functional way is part of how we live into the reality that we are Christ's body. And now I'm going to keep this to within these four walls because I don't want to hone in on the value of celebrating vocation which is coming up in our series. But here are some of the basic things that have to be done around here. Someone has to preach the word and celebrate communion. Someone has to be in the sound booth. Someone has to fill those little cups we use for communion. Someone sweeps and vacuums the floor. Someone hung up these green colors. Someone came up with the design for that new ramp you see back there at the back door. Someone prays for our children. Each of these things has been embraced by someone. One of the unique privileges of my job as pastor of Connecting is to see what matters so much to people. Some people want to be up front. Some people want nothing to do with being up front. You can hear Paul's humorous picture played out. Our need for each other is made manifest in the functional realities of our church life. And it is so wonderful to see people embrace their job and help make the body functional. I encourage you, as a way of application, look around you during this service and think about something that you see and think about everything you see, hear, taste, smell, and touch has at least one person connected to it. When you see our new cross out front, I want to also think about somebody who out front has spent time cleaning off the limestone of our building, painting these older windows and making them look great. He does it during the week. He's a member of our community. It's been a joy to work with him. I love the band U2. Many people would say that one of the best songs they ever wrote is the song One. It is a song that speaks of the reality of unity in spite of difference. And the song has so many great lines, but this probably is my favorite. We're one, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. Carry each other. What I love about this line is the word get. Bono, the songwriter, doesn't say we have to carry each other or we carry each other. There is a gift in the fact that we need each other and that we get to carry each other. We don't do it perfectly. Sometimes we fail, but we strive for it. But as great as functional human connection is, there are also other places people can find that and see it. You can watch a team sport and find people coming together and playing their roles to accomplish an amazing goal. You can go to a play and see how the cast cannot do their job without set designers, lighting, sound techs, musicians, and all the others behind the scenes. So what is this body functioning to do? Part of fostering connection is recognizing how we connect to our creator here. This almost comes full circle back to basic human connection, but not quite. Since God is the author of life, we We really can't do anything without him. We are all connected to him. 
The church, though, goes beyond basic human connection that we can find in other places, and it also goes beyond the connection we have to each other as we function together. As we see in our gospel reading, we also acknowledge that in a unique way, we find connection with the Creator as God's people. I come to this connection with God with two important disclaimers. I am not claiming that we do not experience God in nature. We do. And I'm, nor am I claiming that we here at Cross have some sort of special way of connecting to God that no other church has. That is not what I'm saying. We believe that many churches provide wonderful connection to God. But we are Anglicans, so we do approach this in a unique way. And I want to highlight that a little bit. God, God has promised us that he is here in the word and in the sacrament. We come here because God has said that where we are gathered, he is here and that we must remain connected to him. Verse three, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus' words give us life. He He says he is with us in the bread and wine. He is the living word. All he said and did is teaching for us. He is seen in the words of the Torah, the prophets, and the poetry of the Hebrew Bible. He is t- his teaching and presence is everywhere. And Jesus tells us in our gospel reading that we cannot do anything without him. Verse 5. And I think that we should take him figuratively and literally. We would not be living and breathing without him. He's our creator, so we are connected to him even without thinking. Even those who deny his existence totally are intricately connected to him by the air in their lungs and the beating of their heart. But I think Jesus is also speaking figuratively or spiritually as well. After all, a withered branch, verse 6, still exists. It just has no life. Jesus is reminding us that our spiritual, real connection to him, the vine, brings us true life. We cannot be who God made us to be without abiding in the vine. We are to bear fruit, verse 5, and our connection with him enables us to do so. The painful truth of this, of course, is that comes with pruning and our father, the vine dresser, correcting us. The people of God have always been subject to the correction of their creator. Whether it was the Israelites in the wilderness, the church at the time of Ananias and Sapphira, the Reformation, or even the growing pains happening in our own denomination, God will keep pruning. We will continue to abide in him. We must. We need him. We are sinners. We're sick. We need healing from him. It brings us joy, life, and healing as we come into his presence, hear his word, and partake in the sacraments. As we hear his word and take his body and blood, he promises us connection and life in him. He loves us, feeds us, and corrects us. What a joy it is to be able to enter his house and find our connection in him. We are in a world starved for connection. 
The last couple of days, I was in Wheaton, Illinois, for our annual diocese conference. Yesterday, uh, Father Matt Woodley, one of the uh, priests who works down at Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, gave a powerful address about how the church is a hospital for sick souls. It reminded me that when we come in faith to the word and to the table, Jesus meets us, feeds us, and heals us. This is a very special thing about the church. You can read your Bible at home. We all have one of these. There's millions of podcasts on here about the Bible. You can listen to it anytime you want. You don't even have to leave your bed. You can drink wine or eat bread anywhere. But where else can you hear the word of God read and preached and partake of God himself at his invitation? I submit to you that while we are still pilgrims on this earth, God meets us here in a way that is utterly unique. We cannot be fully connected to God without basic and functional connection, to be sure. He made us for community, and his work is realized in us when we find connection to each other. It is further realized as we function together in his assembly and contribute. But it is ultimately realized in our connection to him as we listen to his word and feed at his table. Come to him, all you who are weary, and he will refresh you. One of my very favorite prayers in all of our prayer book is a prayer from the Eucharist service called the Prayer of Humble Access. I want us to just close this time together in that prayer. Let's pray. We do not presume to come to this, your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your abundant and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose character is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Please stand. It is important and part of our service that we affirm.